Oh good, you're back. Here's part two. Uh, customers though, so how did you find, talk a bit about that in the beginning, like how did you, on the other side, how did, you know, taking a step back, how did you find your first few customers? And then how has that changed over, you know, different stages of growth? Has it become more challenging? Have you got different routes? What have you had to do? Yeah, when you're, you know, out of the gate, it's it's really the whole chicken and the egg approach here, especially when you're, if you're, if you're bootstrapped and don't have a ton of money to, to you know, do a big launch kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's the chicken and the egg. Like, how do you get customers if you don't have any brands and products to sell? And yeah. how do you get brands and products to sell if you don't have any customers, right? And so yeah. we kind of went through like, you know, the personal network outreach and, you know, posting stuff on social and reaching out to friends and asking them to reach out to friends. And I think we had built up like, you know, a couple thousand uh, person email lists and um, and we're going to all the trade shows at that point in time and like trying to sell brands about how, you know, we're, we're, story, we're a storytelling driven retailer and we really have to take a different spin on things. And so we had, you know, met with a ton of different brands. We're trying to, you know, trying to find, you know, a couple to launch with. And, and I remember we met, um, <clears throat> we met uh, this guy, Dan Abrams, who's the, the founder of Flylo Ski Gear. Uh, at a trade show and he you know just, he's, he's, he's a great guy and is a great brand i mean flylo is still to this day one of my favorite brands of all time uh sort of you know more technical uh and you know backcountry ski gear and, and apparel and gear and everything um and i remember talking with him and i think it was probably you know march-ish time frame and he needed to he needed to move some of his the soon to be out of season stuff anyways and and, uh, you know, we were talking to him on the phone and, uh, hey, we're like, Dan, you know, we've got this incredible journal post about, you know, fly low, what what makes it special, where you came from and everything. And, you know, we've got 2000 people on our email list. Like, let's let, let's do it. And I remember he, he paused and then he was he said, fuck it, let's do it. And, awesome. and that was the beginning of that was the beginning of Huckberry. And a couple of weeks later, we had his product on the site and launched and then that kind of like starts, starts snowballing, uh, pun intended, uh, uh, from there. And you just kind of, you do good work on selling a brand or story, what makes them cool. And then you show that to other brands as sort of a proof of concept. And you right. kind of just build from there. And you know, the next big journey was getting a bunch more brands that then kind of like, uh, you know, give you authenticity with the customer. So then it was a little easier to start building the customer side of things and so for us like we because we didn't have any money we we weren't going to be out there buying customers so we we started reaching out to you know for partners basically partnerships and so we found some some great early um you know blogs were really big at that point in time the early early teens right so i remember uh we had formed a friendship and partnership with brett mckay from the art of manliness yeah and, i know that uh, that was one of our yeah just just a great guy i was on the phone with him like a, a couple of weeks ago we're still Still good buddies and have a great partnership. Uh, but he, I remember he wrote a piece about the different men's sites and retailers out there of the world. And he was talking about, you know, there's Jack Threads, there's Gilt and blah, blah, blah. But the one that really stands out is Huckberry for these reasons. And I remember we got like, you know, a couple thousand signups, uh, email signups from that. And we were like, oh, we've made it. We're at, you know, 5,000 signups or something. And, yeah. um, 
and, and just started sparking up partnerships with, with folks like that. And, um, uh, it was, uh, um, uh, just, you know, slowly building out these, you know, network of relationships and, and partnerships and doing, you know, trying to do special things with them. So we then started setting up the like, art of manliness gift shops for the holidays and have, you know, Brad and his wife, Kate, like, you know, curate shops for, for, you know, Huckberry customers and for art of manliness customers and, you know, making special collab products for them over time. And so really just trying to form partnerships with people in a very real authentic way where when they're talking about Huckberry or the brands or products we're selling, like they are really, truly recommending it. And it's not just like, you know, they're not just doing it to make a quick buck. They're doing it because they actually really love it. And so we found that 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 sort of realness shines through. And so that was our, our, our approach uh, pretty much from day one and still a bit a huge part of our business and just partnerships and, 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 and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, that's changed a lot over time. There's plenty of performance marketing and Facebook and Google and, uh, you know, TikTok and everything now. Uh, so it's constantly evolving and you got to stay on top of what's new, what's, where's their arbitrage, right? So like in the early days yeah. of Facebook, you could just mint money and acquire so many new customers, Yeah. right? And, and then over, over time that gets arbitraged away and then, and then you're, and then it's like a very tough game to play. We do plenty of that, but it's also, we do not want to be overly reliant on performance marketing or paid marketing. And you know, as you've seen the last what are 16, 17 months since Apple made the big iOS change um, and, and like basically, you know, knocked the knees out of, uh, out of Facebook and Meta, I guess now, if you are overly reliant on any one of those channels, like you are not in a good place right now, right? Yeah. And so I think being diversified and not being too focused on, on performance marketing um, as like your main uh, way of business, right, is a very, is a good, is a good place to be. Yeah, someone once said to me, and, and you talked about this earlier about how, how you sort of pivoted, but someone once said when I was trying to figure out, um, you know, ultimately the idea of like, how can I succeed? They they said, the best way to succeed is to not build your business in someone else's backyard. Uh, because when you do that, then, you, you know, mm -hmm. you're beholden to the changes they make and you have no control over that. So that really stuck with me for for years as I was trying to think about mm -hmm. how I might be able to do this. And clearly that's something that you did too. Yep. I always love that quote. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great piece of advice. This probably is, maybe it's a simpler question than I think it is, but I often wonder when I get your emails or when I'm on the site, you have so many great brands. Like how do you decide which and when to promote over others? Is, I mean, I'm sure there's obvious reasons to it as to how much they're selling, but is there anything else that you sort of look at or, or, or use to sort of determine that? Yeah, we definitely have frameworks that we use. And you know, part of that framework is like new discovery, like the heat, we call it heat, right? Where's the heat? And yeah. the heat is like, hey, a, a really interesting brand or a new product or a new whatever it may be. And even if we don't have a lot of inventory to sell or, you know, in the case of like a diversion or a recommendation, we don't have anything to sell. Like, like it's so important to our customers that we bring that to them. So like that, that, that heat is really important for, for, for us. And so we put up, we prioritize getting great new brands or 
great exclusives or great collabs um, and making sure to, to, to really bring that to life in a very cool, inspiring sort of way. So, so, so that's, that's like, and I think that's Huckberry and discovery at its core. Uh, but, but then there's like, what time of year is it? And where's, what does our customer want and need right now? Right. And trying to meet that, you know, meet, meet, meet that moment. So there's kind of a balance between the discovery and inspiration stuff. And then like, Hey, it's fall. And I need to get some new gear and some new clothes. And like, what helped me through this? You know, help, help me make this decision. Cut through, cut through the noise, Huckberry, and, and kind of like lay it out there for me. And so we do a lot of sort of it's it's quasi educational type stuff. And you know, we call it POV. Our what's our point of view on X, Y, or Z? And and so that's also a really important thing that we are meeting the moment for Jack. So when it's the right time, we're coming with a a good strong you know pov right and that could be like hey it's like it's summer wedding season and like giddy up you know if you're if you're in your you know late 20s or 30s like you're gonna be at a, you know a ton of weddings this summer right and here's here's like the playbook for that you know get get this travel blazer that you can wear you know like thursday night to the rehearsal dinner and and you know can also double as you know what you wear on the night of the of of the actual reception whatever it may be or hey one bag travel for for your two week adventure this summer right and like so that that sort of stuff and like meeting the moments on what jack's doing his activities his occasions whatever is coming up and trying to have a strong curated point of view for those things so you're kind of balancing like what Jack wants and needs and also keeping it interesting with heat and interesting discovery. Uh, so it's a balance, right? Like, like life. Yeah, to, it totally is. I think there's something really fun there with Jack. I keep thinking about this. I had this quick side story. I have a friend who's who's close to my age and he didn't exercise for 30 years. And then his daughter ran cross, uh, cross country and he decided, ah, you know, she runs cross country. I should just go try to run a mile, see how it goes. And he ran a mile and the next thing you know, he ran two miles. And the next thing you know, he started running five miles and he did it every day. And now he's 64 and he's doing his eighth marathon. And I always joke because his name is Michael. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I used to say, uh, I would make a t-shirt one day that would say, what would Michael do? And I feel like there's a, what would Jack do? T-shirt in the future. Somewhere. Yeah, totally. that is. But yeah. Love that. that. Yeah, it's great. Um, all right. So. I'd love to talk to you about failure, right? We, we talked about this a little bit, this this idea that you were so open to trying things and failing. And I know that like affiliate marketing has become a, a huge growth channel for you. Obviously, we're doing something together right now, which we're super excited about on Cool Material, promoting Pappy Day. Um, what are some examples of things that maybe you initially tried that failed, but then they sort of morphed into something successful out of that? W- would affiliate marketing be one of those? Or were there anything, was there anything else? Yeah, let's see. You know, we've there was a while when, in the early days, in particular, when we were playing with trying uh, with, with introducing new product categories to our customer, right? Yeah. And we had this one moment, like we call it the candle moment. But uh, you know, it turns out guys actually want to buy like kind of more manly smelling candles and more like manly branded types candle type of candles, right? And and we launched a candle brand and just like sold like just thousands of units out of the blue. We were like, holy moly, right? So started exploring, you know, a broader set of categories. So we've had plenty of, you know, adjacent categories that have just totally flopped or Jack's like, what the hell? <laughs> You're trying to sell me a, you know, a bidet or whatever. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so we, we've, we've made plenty of 
uh, you know, been experimental on the product categories and stuff that were that were um, you know trying to trying to get into or introduce Jack to, and and uh, it's always just interesting to see what works and what doesn't work, and it just helps you refine the product assortment that 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 we can play in authentically and that Jack cares about. So had a, a ton of different you know mistakes on on that front. Um, let's see what else, like we, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of different, you know, random little things, but, um, you know, we, uh, we did, uh, print catalogs quite a bit Yeah, and, um, you know, our first print catalog, we broke every single rule you could do, right? Like we didn't, you know, we didn't have prices on it. We didn't have like an offer on the, on the cover. We didn't. You know, it was like totally just a a story driven catalog, right? And um, and you know, it, in some ways, it, it it actually did it did really well. But when we layered on some of these catalog best practices, it would it would it would just absolutely crush, right? But I think because we uh, probably I'm sure people you know if you look at the old Abercrombie and Fitch catalogs of like a hundred years ago very sort of story driven. So like you know you're just sort of reinventing the wheel. But I think we are you know, within the last decade or so, one of the brands to like bring back a story driven a narrative driven catalog. Right. And, and we kind of like happenstance on that. And like, you know, if you followed the best practices and rules for how to do a catalog, you wouldn't have done what we would have done. You know, it's like, it's like, Oh, you need a product density of, you know, seven, seven X. So seven products per page. And we had like 1.2. <laughs> it was like a life. It was, you know, it was like a great adventure, like a lifestyle adventure. Um, but I think we kind of really found something special in how we, how you storytell it and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's kind of like that naivete, uh, in a way almost. And then, and then you kind of figure out how to layer in some best practices and find that, find that happy balance where it's like, Hey, this is authentic and this is real Hawkberry. Uh, but we're also like, you know, like you're looking through a catalog, you want to see product to buy. Right. And yeah. yeah. Uh, so trying to find that kind of happy balance. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I love something about catalogs and print magazines. That touch and feel element to it is very cool. Um, so mm -hmm. one of my last questions, we talked about growth a little bit. Obviously, you know, you started with 10,000 hours in each of your pockets, and that's how you kind of got started. And do, do you have an idea now, like how big you want to become? Is there like certain points in your growth where you really both have to take a pause and be like, whoa, if we kind of go from this point to the next point, it's going to drastically change the company. How do you think about that? Um, or do you have a sense of where you want to be? Um, be super interesting to, to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, like we get pumped up by inspiring Jack to live a better life. Like that really, like that's the most, one of the most fulfilling things you can do within the company or within Huckberry, you know, we'll have people write in and be like, you know, I graduated college. I was a total noob, but I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know how to, you know, live a, a, a better life. And uh, and you guys have totally helped me, shepherded me. I I, I dress better. I, I I'm reading interesting books. I'm do I'm I'm doing all sorts of fun adventures. And so you you'll have stories like that. Uh, you'll have stories like, hey, I followed your exact. 72 hour itinerary to Iceland to the T and it was the best trip of my fucking life. Nice. Right. And so you, yeah. you hear stuff like that and it's, it gets you so pumped up. And so we, we like, we, we think, you know, and like I said at the beginning, like 
we think that's a, the silent majority of guys that, that we're speaking to. So we think we can build a really, really big business. And for us, it's like, you know, we want to build a big, successful and profitable business, but we also want it to be like a great brand that will be here in 50 years. That'll be here in 75 or hundred years. And so again, back to that balance thing, I keep saying, but like, we want to build a, you know, just an awesome, awesome generational brand that, that can be big and impact lots of people's lives, but we want to do it in, like, in a real sustainable, profitable way. Like we do not want to be one of these companies that goes out and buys all sorts of revenue and customers, but isn't isn't sustainable right so like like being profitable and being very you know well and uh, well profitable is is like how you build a great long-term brand uh, as well as taking care of and always being real and authentic w- w- with the brand so you know that that that's kind of the 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 the, the broad answer to, to, to your question yeah no that's a great answer always coming back to What's best for Jack? That's just like, that's just super cool. Uh, all right, la- last question for you. So uh, we we talked a little bit, uh, you know, on our little prep call about, you know, you got two kids now, you live in Austin. Obviously things have changed a lot in our lives over the past few years around work and life balance. You, that's kind of like a, that's a double whammy for you, right? You have kids come and then you have this sort of whole shift in mentality that people have. Like, how, how has that changed or how has that affected you? And how do you approach that now, um, you know, running this company? Yeah, adding kids in has made it way more tricky. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you, you just have to be a lot more intentional with your time. So I think you know, the for the vast majority of Huckberries, you know, even when you're married, you have a lot more freedom than 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 when you do with kids. So you know, a brand partner or X, Y, or Z is is going on tonight. Like, oh, sure, let's do it. Right, no, no problem. And and now I just have to be a lot more like intentional, Hey, I want to have dinner with my family like at least five nights a week. And that's a priority to me. And I'm going to say no to a lot more things um, and have to, and have to kind of um, just be really purposeful uh, with, with my time and my calendar really in particular. And so making sure I'm just like blocking time out, like, Hey, I am unavailable from five to eight o'clock every night. End of story. Right. And maybe one exception every two weeks or something like that. Right. And because for me, I want to prioritize my family and, and, and that kind of thing. And so I'm, I'm just, I think I'm more purposeful. I think I'm more effective. I'm like, hey, I got, you know, these eight hours, right, you know, during the day to, to, to get shit done. And then I'll, you know, logging on at night and weekends as well. Uh, but just making sure I'm being purposeful with my time and, and, and trying to find that balance. And so a little bit less fun, uh, fun dinners and, and, and parties these, these days. But, you know, uh, just, uh, just rearranging priorities a little bit. Yeah, make them count more. I mean, that makes sense, right? It's a nice balance, right? You mm-hmm. know, all the joy at home and he's got to make better decisions. I had to do the same thing for a long time too, so I totally get it. Um, but it's great. It's nothing like that. Yeah, and I, I'm a social guy, so I love uh, I love I love hanging out. I love, you know, meeting people and going out and everything. Um, but you know, just that just that balance, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Listen, I got through all my questions. This was great. I totally appreciate the time. I was so excited to interview you because, I, like I said, I'm such a big fan of the company. Um, so this was it's so neat to learn more about the growth and how you've, uh, you know, kind of approached this in all this time. And totally appreciate the support you've given us over the few years as well, too. So it's really it's really been great. And, you know, it's no surprise why I'm a why I'm a customer. So totally appreciate it, Richard. This was really fun. And uh, thanks again, man. Well, thanks for thanks for having me, Sean. I appreciate it and you know, love our partnership and uh, I'm looking forward to, to much more. Yeah, me too. Thanks again, man. All right. 
Thanks for listening to The Strange Currencies. This podcast is for entertainment only. Any advice should be taken with caution. Except chocolate. Uncle Sean is right about that. You should eat some every day. This podcast was hosted by Sean Ryan and sponsored by Virgily Digital. Music, mix and mastering done by MKG Marketing. Next episode to drop next week. Be sure to subscribe, like and share wherever you podcast.